Hello and welcome to We're In It Up To The Shoulder, Darling. Which, uh, in case you are unfamiliar with vet practices, is a direct reference to the length of the gloves necessary to get your entire arm into the ass of a cow or other ruminant. Yes, it's um, really quite fun. Actually, on a cold morning, I have to say, a cow's asshole is the most pleasant place to be because at least one of your arms is going to be warm. This is a podcast not just talking about cows' assholes and poo, although there's going to be an awful lot of cows' assholes and poo. This is a podcast where I, Jenny, a vet student, talk to uh, Amy, who is very much not a vet student, nor will ever be. I'm mostly here for comic relief. Yep. <laughs> And I'm telling Amy about some delightful, most likely very gross veterinary diseases. Well, the gross is kind of why we got into it, because I think this kind of stems from when Jen's studying and she wants to revise, she just blurts information at me in a way that I can understand. Sometimes. uh, Yeah, and most of the time it's gross. And this is how we got here. I had a complete study-induced meltdown, as one does, and got really, really sidetracked with, I want to make a podcast of this, while I was studying for, I think it was my final exam for the mid-semester exams, and I just went a wee bit nuts with this. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I figured Amy would be fun, because Amy already hears me. I love the gross things. Let's be real. Raised around nurses... There is very little you can talk about at the dinner table that's going to put me off my food. So Challenge accepted. Oh, God. (laughs) I walked right into that one. Yep. Yep. So So what are we talking about today, Jen? We are talking about bovine viral diarrhea. Oh, I did warn you there was going to be a lot of poo. You did. You did. Right from the get-go, there is going to be a lot of poo. Awesome. So the symptoms, so cattle come down with a fever, they become lethargic, they lose their appetite, discharge from their eyes and nose, lesions around their oral cavity, and of course, copious diarrhea. Oh, excellent. Why are we here? Some cows bleed into their gastrointestinal tract, so they have bloody diarrhea. And they also bleed into their mucous membranes, and they bleed out injection sites. Oh, so they can't no. clot. So oh no! You cut them, and they don't stop bleeding. Oh, so is that to do? Does like the platelets just stop working? Or well, that's actually a really interesting one. This particular version of bovine viral diarrhea, mm. it goes into their bone marrow. Oh, so it stops them oh. from producing oh. red blood cells. Oh no! Platelets, anything that induces. Um, clotting. Clotting, yeah. yes. Dang. Yes. Dang. Yes. Those poor moos. And then other cows ulcerate around their lips and mouths, mm. on their tongues, down their esophagus. No! <laughs> around their, wait for the coochie twinge, vulva. No! Oh, no! Between their tongues. Not the fanny. <laughs> and they're in such pain they draw profusely and they die. not fun no that's terrible it's really not fun i'm really glad the dog is hugging me right now (laughs) for a given value of hugging so what (sighs) is bovine viral diarrhea wikipedia is to thanks uh for this particular section oh that's my cue 
Nope, this is my cue. Oh, it's your cue. Okay. It's my cue. Yours is next. Oh, all right. Yes. Bovine viral diarrhea is a virus in the genus Pestivirus of the family Flaviridae. Flaviridae. It's got two vivs. V-I's. It's really hard to pronounce. Especially with my brain. (laughs) (laughs) So other diseases associated with this genus include hemorrhagic syndromes, abortions, fatal mucosal diseases, all of which we've already covered. Mm -hmm. Um, This genus of of virus affects mammals, particularly cattle, sheep, goats, and pigs. Bovine viral diarrhea virus itself is a small, spherical, single-stranded, enveloped RNA virus. There are two strains of bovine viral diarrhea virus, one of which causes the fever, lethargy, and diarrhea and discharge from the eyes and nose, Mm -hmm. and the second one, which causes the hemorrhage. Oh, Yes, so they're different strains. Oh, but yes. this... They're the same. They're the same virus, but different strains of the virus. So they're like gross kissing cousins. Yes, exactly. Cool. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to be talking about three different um, presentations of bovine viral diarrhea today. Um, one of which is a transiently infected bovine viral diarrhea one. That's the one that does the fever, lethargy, diarrhea and such. The other of which is a mutation of bovine viral diarrhea 1 in cattle that are persistently infected. Don't worry, I will explain these terms shortly. Uh, I like plain English. It is important to me. And last but not least, the hemorrhagic form bovine viral diarrhea 2. Is that the... That's the um, one that bloody poos. Yeah. No, no, that's, oh, that's mucosal the, disease. Oh, the, that's, oh. that's mutation of one. Coochie <gasps> twinge is mutation of one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm glad we've sorted that out. And so uh, we're going to talk about this more after history. Oh, that's, that is me this time. Yes. Yay. Now, the article, The Evolution of Bovine Viral Diarrhea, a review by S. Denise Goins, and Discover the History of BVD Disease on BVD Zero by Susan Atsis, Formed the basis of this section. Okay, so uh, let me see. Uh, so, as per my fancy OneNote document, thank you, Jenny. Um, <laughs> Welcome. It was first described in Saskatchewan. 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 God damn it! <laughs> God damn it! We're from New Zealand. We don't know these places. Ah, uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, asked me to pronounce Narawahia, and I'm fine. But this is just dire. Yeah. Okay. Saskatchewan, Western Canada in the 1940s. Uh, In the same year, Cornell University reported an outbreak of apparently new transmissible disease in cattle during the spring and summer of 1946, similar to what had been reported in Saskatchewan. Uh, They called this the virus diarrhea. Yes. Virus diarrhea. Okay. Because they like plain names for things. So easy. In the 1950s, um, farmers in Iowa began experiencing a disease in cattle that they hadn't observed before. Although it had similarities to virus diarrhea, they thought they were observing a different disease. Due to the differences in presentation, they called the syndrome mucosal disease. That's the coochie twinge. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Where was I? Skip ahead to 957, researchers isolated and cultured a virus from a case of mucosal disease. And in the same year, researchers at Cornell University isolated and cultured a virus from a case of virus diarrhea. Um, And then in 1960, researchers at Cornell University saw that mucosal disease virus and the virus diarrhea virus, 
<laughs> Too many viruses. Were very, but they were very similar. By the end of the 1960s, research came to the conclusion that mucosal disease and virus diarrhea of cattle were the same disease with minor variations. I have and to go and get the door because our lunch has arrived. The food. So we're going to take a pause. So we just had a lovely long break where we consumed Hell's Pizza. And if you're not a Kiwi, you do not know the glory that is Hell's Pizza. Um, it was founded by two guys and two students in Dunedin, wasn't it? I don't know. I just eat it and be happy. So. Okay. Okay. It's, it's as far as it goes for me. It's delicious pizza. That's Amazing so pizza. Um, we laugh at your Domino's and what's the other one? Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Oh, I have nostalgia for Pizza Hut though. Some of my birthday parties were at the Pizza Hut restaurant when we still had Pizza Hut restaurants. I think there's still one around somewhere in New Zealand. I think there's one. I think there's one. There's one Pizza Hut restaurant. The rest of them are hole-in-the-wall pizza delivery places. Yes, they are. The pizza, the old Pizza Hut in Palmy is now a subway. Oh, really? Yeah. I think the one in Royal Oak in Auckland is, the last time I saw it, it was a, um, it's an Indian, Indian restaurant. And it's all orange, but you can tell from the shape of the roof that it used to be a Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks... It looks really, it's kind of like an optical illusion. You're like, what's what's happening? Is it, it's a Pizza Hut disguised as an Indian restaurant, you know? <laughs> you, expect, you expect Loki or Doctor Strange to step out and snap their fingers and it's going to go back to being a Pizza Hut. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Friggin' ridiculous. Okie dokie. Well, you drink your, mm-hmm. you have, now you have your tea. Mm. Um, the dog has decided mm. she wants to go to bed. She can sort herself out. Um, so, last <laughs> paragraph. Mm. Okay, so we got it to the 1960s. Um, we've found that mucosal disease and virus diarrhea are the same disease um, with minor variations. <clears throat> I'm going to let the dog out. Keep okay. Skipping ahead to the 1980s, um, a severe hemorrhagic, I did say that right, right? Yes, you did. Hemorrhagic um, syndrome in cattle associated with bovine viral diarrhea was reported in several countries. And oh, skipping again, sorry, in 1993... In the Great Lakes region, Quebec. And England. And England. Um, outbreaks of disease with clinical signs similar to those of mucosal disease and to the hemorrhagic syndrome. Um, sorry, were reported to affect all ages within dairy and beef herds. That's mur- burgers and ice cream, guys. Burgers and ice cream. That's very, <clears throat> very, very bad news. It's dire. We need our burgers and we need our ice cream. We do. Heal those cows. Yes. So, what does bovine viral diarrhea do? Um, this is this section is thanks to Wikipedia, Wikivet, and BVD two outbreak leads to high losses in cattle farms in Western Germany by J. Gethman, T. Homeyer. I hope I'm pronouncing these last names right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. M. Holstig, H. Schirmeyer, M. Sabrath, B. Hoffman. M. Beer, F. J. Conrath's. So, here's where we're going to get a wee bit fancy, and I'm going to tell you how it all does this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to try to use plain English words for fancy vet words, uh, because I feel strongly about plain English, but we'll see how well I go, because... I'm a vet student and I am trained to use fancy vet words. I sound more photosynthesis. If she goes completely off the rails, I'll try and translate. Into, <laughs> I'll try and translate into into lay human. Okay, apparently the dog wants back in. I mean, she's 
Oh, she wanted water. Oh, okay. Are you coming back in? She can figure it out. She's got a snoop. Beanie. Come on, Beanie. She's very I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so for everyone who doesn't know what a borzoi is, which is what Jenny has, Xena is a borzoi. That's a Russian wolfhound, um, which means just imagine a bunch of animate broomsticks tacked together and covered in a shag pile rug with a proboscis on one end and an outrageously long tail on the other. And you've basically got a borzoi who is now sitting on me. Thank you, you sack full of elbows. <laughs> um... <laughs> Winter version of a greyhound with a longer nose. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Very cuddly. Anyway, so she's just used her nose to open the door, which is delightful, and gave me a heart attack the first time she did it. Anyway, moving back on to the gross... Uh, virusy things. Yeah. Cow poo. We always love cow poo. I know. So, the virus enters by contact with the mucosal lining of the mouth or the nose. So that's... Your mucosa is, like, the inside of your lips, your gums... The inside of your nose where it starts to go pink and all soft and squishy that's mucosa you also have mucosa in your lady bits and all the way up in your man bits basically up the urethra oh awesome yeah, that's mucosa lining as mm-hmm. well and you have mucosa lining in other places as well that i'm sure of but i can't remember so <laughs> we've covered orifices though yes we're good it's an orifice mm. as a general rule Once it's there, it begins to replicate in the epithelial cells, which are the skin cells or the surface cells. Its favourite places are the tonsils at the back of your throat, lymph tissue, so your lymph nodes, and the tissue of the back of the mouth. Phagocytes, one of our numerous immune cells that like to eat things, take up the virus or the virus-infected cells and take them to the peripheral lymph nodes. That's the lymph nodes that are closest to wherever they've gobbled up the cell from. Once they've established in the peripheral lymph tissue, the virus can then associate with lymphocytes and monocytes, which are more immune cells, and spread from there. The virus can also hop out into our into the, sorry, not our bloodstream, the cow's bloodstream. We are not cows. Uh, can it leap from species to species though like can it hop on they found one in alpaca no they found a they have isolated bovine viral diarrhea virus in an alpaca oh no so it can leap from i have no they have no idea how the alpaca got it and i have no idea i i just saw the head the title of the study and i was like oh my god what if it was interspecies sexy time well, I did mucus, just see. membranes. I did just see a cow try to mount a horse on the way up. So oh, that was really funny. My flatmate showed me a video of a little dog that got too uh, too energetic with a rooster, and then they got stuck in a dog tie. So this poor rooster was stuck on the back end of, I think it was a pug. Pugs are so. I'm sorry if you like pugs. They're so dumb. Pugs are so dumb. There is not enough room. In their, in their skull, skull for, brain. for a brain. There's not enough room in their skull for their respiratory system, and that's a complete other podcast altogether. I have very strong opinions about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely not enough room in their skull for a brain. That's, so that's why they have that pop-eyed look, because their brain is forcing their eyes. Because No, because their skull is forcing their eyes out, and it's really easy to pop their eyeballs out. Oh my god. You just pick them up and shake them. Oh, like when they're when they're in a fight with a larger dog, 
that picks them up by the scruff and shakes them, that's the most common injury in um, pugs, any brachycephalic, chihuahuas, their eyeballs just pop out. You know what you do? Lube it up and stick it back in. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Lube it up with sterile KY jelly. Do not try this at home. This is not for home stuff. This is for vet stuff. Vets do this stuff proper. Because you might occlude, like, the optic nerve or shit. Which oh, would be bad. Also, then you'd have bacteria, man. Oh, yeah. Germs, germs. So many germs. Speaking of germs. Back to the virus. We do get <laughs> sidetracked a lot. Um, it's fun. <laughs> it's great. So, uh, but the virus can also hop out into the cow's bloodstream and spread to everything. So it can get anywhere. But okay. once again, it likes to go for the lymph tissue. Mm. Now, you've got a lot of lymph tissue in your gastrointestinal tract that aren't technically lymph nodes. They're just little... Oh, what are they called? I'm sure they begin with P. You know I'm a vet student because I don't remember these things. Also, I have problems with memory, so I don't remember these things. Um, I'm sure she'll make a great vet, though. Oh, just, yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> just putting it out there. <laughs> also, it's holidays. It's a, it's an off. It's, a, it's not peak time. It's not peak yes, brain time. Exactly. I've just had exams. My brain is in... It's in rest mode. That's the word. So if a cow that has not been infected or vaccinated becomes infected while she is pregnant, you can have all sorts of different things happen because the virus will also spread to the fetus. <gasps> and depending on what stage of pregnancy the cow becomes infected and therefore the fetus becomes infected depends on what the outcome is. Oh, dang. Oh, dang, indeed. This is where we get the fuckery. <sighs> so if the cow is infected up to around about day 41 of pregnancy, the embryo is infected and dies. So the cow has an early term abortion or she resorbs the fetus, whatever. Mm -hmm. If the cow is infected between... Now, these these t days are different depending on where you look, but it's around about the same thing. Between about days 30 and 120, this can either result in the death of the fetus with the expulsion of the fetus several months later. So they have a dead fetus in them for a wee while. Oh. Or it results in a birth of in the birth of a calf that is persistently infected with the virus. Now, hang on to that thought because we will be discussing that in great length later. Ooh, it's very the persistently infected calves are a very 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 important part of this disease. Oh wow! If the cow is infected between days eighty and one hundred and fifty, the virus can be teratogenic. That means it's birth defects, and the type of birth defect is dependent on the stage of fetal development at infection. The most common one is cerebellar hypoplasia, Ooh, which is where they ain't got a cerebellum. That's the bit underneath your brain. So right, your brain okay. is the yeah, <clears throat> mainly bit at the top, yeah. and then you've got the little extra brain below it. Okay. That's the cerebellum, and that does things like moving. Oh, no. So the calf is born perfectly healthy, mm -hmm. perfectly bright and alert, but it cannot stand and it is constantly trembling. Oh, no. And that's it for the calf. There is no, oh. you can't grow a cerebellum back oh, yet. Oh, no. So. Oh, that's so sad. So you could have this beautiful, perfect baby cow, um, but it's perpetually trembling and it can't get up or do anything and 
Cow circle. No! She did. If the cow is infected after about day 120, the calf can be born without the virus, but with the antibodies to fight the virus, because the fetal immune system may have developed enough to fight off the virus. Hey, hey. Oh, God. So many outcomes. Yep. Gee. So the persistently infected calves, remember I mentioned them, they were... um, where they're infected between around about day 30 and 120. Mm -hmm. This is where we have the real problems. So a persistently infected calf will look a wee bit smaller, a wee bit sicker than the year mates, but they'll survive. The problem there is that they will always be shedding virus. So if you've got a herd and they're running around with the herd while they're constantly shedding virus and everyone's getting infected off them. Oh my god. Yes. Plague child. If they survive to adulthood and to birthing their first or second or third or fourth or fifth calf, their calf will also be persistently infected. So this will just continue on and on and on and on and on. Oh my god. Oh, that's dire. So you've got a problem there. You've got a constantly infected herd. Now, the other bit is with persistently infected calves, they can get mucosal disease. Now, mucosal disease isn't another form of bovine viral diarrhea virus. It is a fatal mutation in the virus within the persistently infected calf, which spreads to the gastrointestinal epithelium. So that's the lining of your gastrointestinal tract and keratinocytes, which is basically 90% of our skin and kills them. So you get erosions and ulcerations, and fluid leaks from the epithelial surface of the gastrointestinal tract. This causes diarrhea, because you've got a lot of fluid going in there, Yep. and dehydration. And um, you also have ulcers. This is the creature twinge. Oh, you have no. ulcers all through the mouth, all over the gums, yep. um, all over the vulval surface, um, between the toes, mm. and it is fatal. So is that just because I got lost there a little yes. bit? Um, <clears throat> so it's the so the mucosal mucosal disease. Yes. Is so that's a mutation that develops and persistently. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's a mutation that develops only in persistently infected cows. Oh. So you can't get that if you're just transiently infected with bovine diarrhea. Bovine diarrhea varia. <laughs> One or two. Yes, I can. I speak England good. <laughs> uh, so, fortunately, and this isn't the only blessing, it's not contagious. Oh, okay. And it's just reshuffling. Sorry, I have this horrific leather sofa and I put a blanket over it to try and soften the blow, but if I readjust, I, it sounds like a creaking ship or possibly a but. leather dungeon or something. I don't know. Now that I don't have to share with the dog. <laughs> This is very true. It takes up an outrageous amount of space. Honestly. She is big. So bovine viral diarrhea type 2 does the same as bovine viral diarrhea type 1, only with added thrombocytopenia. Now, this is a fancy word to say oh, the infected animals can't clot. Oh, right. They don't have enough clotting thrombocytes, clotting, um, clotting cells, in their blood. Mm-hmm. This is platelets. Mm-hmm. So there will be petechial hemorrhages. So these are pinprick hemorrhages all across their gums and inside their mouths. 
you'll have larger hemorrhages into the gastrointestinal tract and hemorrhages into other internal organs. So it's basically blood, 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 and death. Oh my god. I couldn't help myself, it's a Zootopia reference. <laughs> I couldn't help myself, it was the perfect opportunity. I'm going to do that again with another hemorrhagic oh, one, probably, you know I am. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, horrific bovine vampiric nightmare. Yes. Awesome. Vampiric best friend? Because vampires would like the hemorrhage. Oh, absolutely. There's a bull's blood fountain in the pit of a moan. I don't... I just have this horrific image of a vampire crawling into the cow's anus to suck on the to suck on the hemorrhagic no! Oh my god. Oh. Just imagine Edward's sparkly butt sticking out of a cow butt. <laughs> I really can't imagine any other sensible vampire doing that. Oh he's not a vampire, he's just a sparkly butt. He's a walking disco ball. It's all very sad. <laughs> So, our final topic is, what are the implications of bovine viral diarrhea? Everything's terrible. Everything's terrible and everyone dies. So, this is from Dairy NZ. So, we're talking about New Zealand um, yep. economic implications here. And we have a big dairy industry. We have a big dairy industry. Big one. We are still a small country. We will have smaller herds than a lot of other countries because we do pasture-based, we have a pasture-based system and very rarely do we have a um, shedding system. I think in the South Island they do some of that over winter because it gets really bollocking cold and you can't feed out as well. Mm. And you'd have to rug all the cows because it would be negative 20 Yeah, and they don't have the coats designed to deal with that yep. unless you've got um, you don't cross, highland. You don't cross the you don't cross the shag piles. No. No, you just have Parisians and they're thin yeah. skinned and thin coated and Set generally delicate petals. They are. So, in New Zealand, they estimate the annual losses to dairy farmers at around 127 million, with losses of 70,000, 70,000, yes, too many zeros, I can't count this, I swear I can math sometimes, I don't even this is bother. why I'm going to have nurses do my math, I love nurses, I do creative um, writing, it doesn't matter for me. <laughs> So losses of 70,000 annually for each average sized infected herd. So the economic implications are huge. We're a really small country. Massive. And it, that figure would be a lot larger for other countries. It's pretty much everywhere. The good news is you can control it with vaccinations. Yay. You can vaccinate your herd. You can uh, test your herd for antibodies because... Ah. The no, you can test your herd for antigen. That's the one that the virus has. So that's mm. that's what the antibodies latch onto on the virus. Right. So with a persistently infected cow, mm -hmm. they have the antigen, mm. but not the antibody. Ah. Because they do not mount an immune response. Right. They just have the antigen. Because they all fucked up. Exactly. So if you have high antigen, mm -hmm. you may have a persistently infected cow. Right. Or you may have a lot of transiently infected. Cows. Okay. What you then do is you retest again in about three weeks and you see what your antigen level is. Okay. If you still have high antigen, you got persistently infected cow. Sad. You got to find that persistently infected cow mm -hmm. and remove them from the population permanently. Oh. Because that cow could 
get mucosal disease. Oh. It's and that's a huge welfare problem. Like yep. that's there is there is no treatment for mucosal disease that has a that has I don't want to say it has a hundred percent kill rate because I did not look that up and <laughs> I know someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but it has a very, very, very high kill rate. Um, okay. And mucosal disease is something you do not want to risk your cow having because it is a horrifically painful way to die. And it's a horrifically painful thing to have for yeah. the brief few moments before you're euthanized. Oh. Um, so, remo- and removing the persistently infected cow means that you are less likely to get more persistently infected cows because that cow won't be shedding. Yeah. Um, and so there'll be less transiently infected cows. Mm-hmm. And you vaccinate you, you vaccinate your herd. Yep. It'll do nothing for a persistently infected cow, which is why you want to remove them. Yep. You vaccinate your herd so that they've got the antibodies to fight it off and you keep monitoring them so uh, you occasionally do antigen checks, antibody checks, because... You can have subacute bovine barrel diarrhea. What? Sorry. <sighs> We're not. Oh, no. I would much rather like to think of it uh, as these sounds of being like a creaking leather daddy jacket or something. Just not. Not a fart couch, please. Okay. I mean, this is a this is a guess. We don't shame gas in this house. <laughs> we don't do it. We definitely don't. No, sometimes we announce our farts just to warn everyone and we aim downwind. Yep, we are polite. I just can't cope with having a fart couch. Okay. It will not be a fart couch. It's a leather dungeon couch. Yes. But like a budget leather dungeon couch. <laughs> I can't think of any respectable person with a leather, with a dungeon who would buy this colour couch. Like, All that style. Oh, it's so ugly. It's so uncomfortable. It's still the worst. So Even my dog doesn't like it. I know. She's on the floor right now. She scorned the couch, even with a blanket. She slipped off at one time. That was funny. Oh, that was great. I ride up until I slipped off as well. Um, what were we talking about? Persistently <sighs> infected cows. Um, who? We've been talking about that the entire time. Um, yeah, so you can get a bovine viral diarrhea free herd. And you kind of want that because it causes stillbirths, it causes um, fetal resource. <laughs> That'll be the recycling. Thank you, neighbour. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. At two o'clock in the afternoon? Oh, yeah, that. No, I don't know. No. They've got a kid, they've got a lot to get on with. Okay, okay, good point. Um. It causes fetal res- resorption. It causes uh, reproductive problems, so they have difficulty getting getting pregnant in the first instance. It causes the persistently infected cows. It causes cows with cere- cerebellar hyperplasia. <gasps> yes, God, that's so sad. Cerebellum gone, and um, yeah, you you don't want that on your farm at all. No. So that is the first episode of "Run It Up to the Shoulder, Darling," um, about bovine. Viral diarrhea. All that craziness from a disease which basically centers around sloppy poo. Wait to hear about the other sloppy poo. Oh my god. There is one disease where they literally projectile shit liquid and get bubbles. No. We're going to cover that one in a few oh, episodes. Guys. I... guys, I'm looking forward to this so much. <laughs> 
I, everyone thinks it's weird, but I love the gross things. I don't know why. I mean, I don't want to be directly involved with it. I'm quite happy to shove my hand up cat's ass. Yeah, I know. It's just, just so odd. But, I mean, again, this basically stems from I like hearing about weird stuff. Like, I've kind of... I grew up with vets and medical stuff. Yeah. You know, so you could tell the most outrageously gross story. I will keep eating. Yeah. I'll keep eating, man. It's not going to bug me. Um... Next time, but, next time we have spaghetti, I'm going to tell you all about Ascarids. Oh, this is going to be amazing. I'll keep eating. No, um, you really won't. <laughs> uh, the challenge accepted. Okay. I will keep eating. I will keep <laughs> eating my spaghetti as you tell me about fucking whatever they are. Ascarids basically Worms. look like spaghetti. Awesome. Um, yes. No, well, but then, you know, so do those pimple popping videos where you pop the blackhead and the, the, the toothpaste pops out, you know? Yeah. The pus. Pus is great. There are some really good pussy diseases that we've got up and coming as well. I know. I'm also super keen if we cover, like, um, abscesses of any kind. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite videos, you know, that I can't, I think, I think you might have shared it or Kim yeah. did or something. And it's this horse with this enormous <sighs> abscess and they it's... pop it, they crack it open and this thing just overflows like a fucking wine cask. It's just this torrent of black liquid. And every every nurse I know commented on that video like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know, it's so okay. Is the horse okay though? And we're like, yeah, he's fine. And everyone else is just like, oh, that's so good. That's so satisfying. Look at all that. Look at all that infection just coming out your body. Honestly, that horse will be so happy at the end of it. Oh no, the pressure would have been horrific. Oh yeah. Especially when it's your foot and your horses live on their feet. You've got happy feet, you've got a happy horse. Yes. I know this now. Yes, you do. Jen has horses. She tells me all the things. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And every once in a while they have an abscess. Not very not very often, but every once in a blue moon. Hmm. Every once in every few years. It just happens. It's yeah. like you have toe jams. Ooh. Yeah. I don't like human diseases. No, this is the thing. I don't like toe jams. No. Give me foot rot any day of the week, but toe jam, ugh. See, this is the fundamental difference between me and Jenny. I can handle hanging out with my godchildren and changing nappies till the cows come home. Jenny can't, can't, human poo freaks her out, but she can deal with dog and cat poo any day of the week, whereas... I can deal with cows shitting all over me. Yeah, I can't. I can't. That's like... I can deal with correction. I can deal with cows shitting all over me because I am wearing protective gear. Yeah, so they're not can. actually shitting on me. They're shitting on my waterproof overalls or on my glove. No, see, I've been like wrist deep in nappies and exactly. That one time protection. I picked up one of my goddaughters and I didn't realize that she'd done a splody poo, and it was coming out the side of her onesie and it got me on my Wonder Woman t-shirt. It looked like butter chicken sauce, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> and I've just ruined butter chicken sauce for you. I'll just block that memory out. Trauma block that memory out. It's all good. I can also ruin pumpkin soup for no, you. No, thank you. Okay. No, we're, we're quite all right. We're going to end on this note. <laughs> um, no more baby poo because baby poo is not what we're here for. We're here for cow poo. Okay. Or baby cow poo, which is also disgusting. Yeah. Uh, yes. Thank you for listening. Um, if you like us, uh, rate, review, subscribe. We do have a WordPress. Yes, we have a WordPress. We have a WordPress that will have a few posts on it because I've been putting up, uh, we call it, uh, it's the hashtag um, ShipMyVetStudentSays, 
and it's a living record of all the weird conversations I've had with Jenny about various vetty things over the years. The URL is uptotheshoulder.wordpress.com. We're also on Instagram, up to the shoulder podcast. We are not on FaceTubes yet. No, I don't think we're on. We're not on Twitter because neither of no. us really remember about. No. I never remember to go on Twitter. No, it's I'm not a thing that I'm ever going to remember to go on. So yeah, find us, talk to us, send us your gross stories, send us your cool stories, send us your funny stories, send us your poo stories, just not baby poo, please, or human poo. And none of, no, we don't want to know if you got hurt, man, just, just chill. Just the gross stuff. Yes. The gross stuff and the funny stuff. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you, okay, bye-bye. Bye.